Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to podcast number 11 of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Blake Walker here along with my partner Dan Walker. Today we got a really good episode. Lisa York came in to our uh, little makeshift studio here in our kitchen. We don't have a studio yet. Um, and she sat down and talked to us uh, about her life as a teacher and such and talked about the new uh, therapy dog possibly coming to the uh, Bailey Park School. Um, a lot went on this week in sports. We have a lot coming up in sports, but first let's hear a quick little word from our sponsor at Polly Eyes Pizza. Hey there, I'm Joey Polly third generation owner of Polly Eyes and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pags Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PolyEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polly Eyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Alrighty, once again, thank you to Polly Eyes Pizza for sponsoring this podcast. So, Dad, why don't you start us off with uh, what happened this past week in Grinnell Tiger Sports? Well, this past week has been really busy. And, you know, I have to say, for you and I that, that never done any baseball or softball, I'm kind of getting addicted yeah, to this baseball, yeah, softball stuff. Uh, with what's going on, we're, what we're going to do is gonna start the schedule first with baseball. So starting on the, the 24th, yeah, 24th. Uh, baseball, there's a doubleheader against Dow Center Grimes. Uh, the first game we were doing actually the softball game why this big game was going on and we just kept looking out the back door and and really it was it was not a good good start out for the the baseball team they they lost 10-0 uh, just multiple errors that got them in the, the position they were in and then also you know just couldn't get their bats going you know they they couldn't get the ability to get the hits and get people on base and do what they need to get done so that that was kind of a, a rough thing for the tigers on the first game they actually Jaden gibson he was the pitcher for that one he took the loss allowing eight hits eight runs and only having three strikeouts so that was the uh the first game rolling over into game number two they, they did come out victorious which we've seen this quite often uh, Tony Stenberg's he's not a man to lay down I think he rallies the troops quite well so they they come out with a, a 6-4 win on game number two uh, building a six-run lead on the fifth inning and then held off Dallas center grinds for that 6-4 uh, victory to close it out on Monday night for the double hitter so obviously anytime you can walk away with a 1-1 split uh, fortunately, they did lose the series because they lost to Dallas Center Grimes at Dallas Center Grimes. Uh, but Drew Coffin was credited with the victory. He allowed three hits, three runs over five and two-thirds innings and striking out five. Then he was relieved by his little brother Owen came in through one and third innings out of the bullpen. But the, the win ultimately was credited to Drew. Uh, rolling over to Tuesday night, the 25th. Uh, was against Knoxville. We did that game, so it was live right here on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. It was an incredible game to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Knoxville come out uh, struggling. First. Yeah, yeah, they, scored they, first. They yeah. scored first, but uh, Blake, you talked a little bit with the Knoxville coach prior to the mm -hmm. game. Yeah, he said pretty much what you expect. Brunel was a good baseball team. Knoxville obviously coming in struggling, and 
they got he said they wanted to strike early and they did uh sadly for them they didn't get going after that brady stewart had an excellent game on the mound pitched a really good effort uh all together and uh Grinnell finished it in six innings well they went five innings five innings allowing only two runs three hits and striking out two and walking one so really good night for brady uh, we had him up in the booth out afterwards and talked to him and coach stenberg at, I think for a freshman's point of view to actually get interviewed after a ball game, he was a little bit on the shy side. Yeah. But uh, it was also good to see some of that youth out there because I think in all these programs that we're broadcasting, when you see the freshmen displaying talent like they're doing and having the ability to come in in a Knoxville game, I mean, one, one thing everyone has on their mind with Knoxville is that's when the uh, suicide squeeze was done mm-hmm. last yeah, year, yeah. and we, you know, the Knoxville players were kind of had that sore subject in the back of their minds, but they also graduated a huge amount of right, players, right. and uh, Knoxville struggled from the mound. I think they had three different pitchers out there. I know there was three players that were put on base by being hit by the ball. So all in all, I mean, it, it was a. A really, really good night, and you know, not only to say that it was a great night, but it was ended with Jake Jake Hole with a home walk off home run, yeah. knocked it out of the park right between left and center field, and, and that's always a great thing as a announcer when you get to throw that little caveat right, out right. there that you have someone hit a home run to win a ball game. So that game ended in five innings, uh, closed it out, and then they rolled back to. This was a busy week. They went to Pella Christian. Yep. Uh, on that would have been Wednesday, Wednesday night. Yep. Uh, they actually played a really decent game all the way down to the very end. Yeah. Uh, and then it turned into uh, struggles on the mound with pitching, and then uh, you know just errors. That that's what always kind of gets the thing beat up a little bit. Uh, Pella Christian come in and they scored six. I want to say four. Four or six runs right in the end to put them up over the top. Yeah, rallied. They were down 6 1, uh, rallied and scored. Yeah, four, gosh, what's four hits. Six, and six four, runs. Four hits and two runs over uh, in the, over six innings. So that that was the comeback for Pella Christian. So that, that was kind of a rough night. Uh, and then they were supposed to come back and play a doubleheader against Indianola. On Friday night, got rained out. Uh, we had a boatload of rain here in Grinnell. However, the softball fields drained off beautifully, and actually it turned out to be a, a pretty nice yeah, night. Yeah, it was a really nice night. Uh, and, you know, from there we went ahead, and those games were postponed, but that jumps over to the softball fields. Uh, softball games, Dow Center Grimes, we did those games. Uh, Dow Center Grimes coming in was a good team. Uh, Grinnell lost. Uh, four to six from the mound. They were still uh, Meredith McKnight was out, so Barons Hannah Barons was still on the in the circle. Uh, she allowed eight hits and six runs over eight innings. Uh, Meg Doty went two for two at the plate. Uh, really hit wise, the team was still hitting, but when it, it came down to this game one, they were literally winning yeah. until the sixth inning, yeah. and then it just. It was mental breakdown of errors. I could see the error at first base. I could see the, the error over second base. Uh, they had a miscommunication 
on a, a pop fly infield. So just little things like that were, were the mental breakdowns. But all in all, you know, considering going into the ball game, uh, Dow Center Grimes was a good team. So they ended up uh, losing by two runs, four to six. Uh, we went at the end of game one. We went into a rain delay. Yeah, we did. Uh, actually, no, they did finish it. They finished the game in the rain, and then we had like a 25, yeah, you're 30 right, you're right. delay because so, yeah. they went into extra innings. Yeah, then uh, the we finished the game. The window was closed on our booth. Um, really, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. A lot of rain downpouring, wind came down. Uh, it was a pretty crazy ending. But, uh, yeah, Grinnell just couldn't pull it out. And then the second game um, also couldn't pull it out. Dallas Center Grimes, just an incredible game. Um, all together, but uh, just fell short. I believe 9-4 to was the final yep, score. Yeah, 9-4. And again, Hannah Barons is back in the circle. Uh, Hannah got beat up a little bit on a, a steal, the first, or steal the home plate. Yeah, she got yeah. in. Uh, it was a wild ball going in. Kate tossed the ball back, and Hannah was the make the mark on the home plate and got cleated kind of in the neck, neck area. Yeah. She got beat up pretty good there. Uh, so it's just a rough night, rough ending. Uh, I'm sure that Hannah went home, put quite a bit of ice, and took some ibuprofens after that. However, as they rolled back on to uh, their Tuesday night game, they also traveled down, so boys and girls both went to Pella Christian. Uh, they had a phenomenal game. Okay, so if we could talk about what things go right, the things that go right is Grinnell uh, collected 11 hits. Uh, that, so that's pretty good. Uh, and, and in the end, in the sixth inning, they turn around, scored two runs, and then seventh one run to put them up over Pella Christian, uh, 7-6. So that was that was a really good night. Uh, Hannah Barron's again, which was on her fourth game in a row pitching yeah, from yeah. the circle. So Hannah took home the win, gives her a little bit more confidence uh, going in and out of that, and then uh, everything was good for the night. Uh, Meredith McKnight, let's see. I guess Meredith did. Oh, Meredith started the game and then Hannah finished it out. So that actually that wasn't true that uh, Hannah didn't start. Meredith played that game for a little bit and then came back. Uh, then rolling back over to Friday night's game against Indianola. Indianola is ranked... Sixth and six, 5A. Six and 5A, very good team. 5A is a, yeah, uh, emphasis on 5A. Yeah, playing all the teams out there. And uh, Hannah Barnes was the pitcher for the first one. She took the loss. Uh, she surrendered 13 runs, 18 hits over seven innings. Uh, you know, from the standpoint of us broadcasting the ball game, I've never seen a team come to the plate and hit every pitch. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, it was almost every single first pitch. I yeah. mean, they just, they were incredible to watch and the thing is is that you know when they play those top other 5a schools they hit a brick wall you know and you know grinnell can be disappointed about the loss the two losses last or on friday night but i think you learn more from those games than you don't learn i feel like you learn so much from those big teams and that's one of the positives to playing those big teams right and you know they had a little bit of a we didn't see the normal lineup is a pretty big switch up because they had different people in different places playing infield and outfield uh, which all in all, you know, when you play a doubleheader and you play the amount of games that you have during the week, I'm sure everyone gets tired and a little fresh look is probably a good thing. So uh, also on a side note there, Ashlyn Emhoff, Kate Kriegel, Barons, Hannah Barons, Keanu Kais, and Meg Doty each collected one hit uh, to lead the Tigers just for hitting, even though it still only got one run in. 
game number two was against also indianola they dropped eleven to one on that one meredith mcknight did come back she took the loss for that one but went six innings so indianola did a ten run rule yeah that was in the we finished in the sixth inning for that game um but uh overall i mean you know rough night but you learn a lot from that, and I don't think you'll take anything too negative away from that. No. So that that takes care of last week's games. I know that when we did the podcast last week, we did not have uh, softball information from the previous Saturday. Mm-hmm. But the reason we didn't have those is because they drove all the way to play softball, and, and no one was there to play, to play with them. So kind of a little miscommunication there. So there was no ball game to record for last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're all up to date on what's going on. So let's uh, let's take a quick break from our sponsor, Poly Ice Pizza, and we'll be right back with our interview. Our interview with Lisa York. Hey there, I'm Joey Poly third generation owner of Poly Ice and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you. Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Poly Eyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Special guest segment. Our special guest this week, we have Lisa York with the Grinnell School District, and Lisa's going to be our special guest in two different ways today. We are having her come in and talk about part two, which we'll get to in a little bit, is the school fundraiser for Bailey Park School. They are going to be bringing in a, a dog, which I'll have her go into a little bit more about that, a therapy dog. But first of all, we thought we'd get to know Lisa a little bit. I know there's quite a few people in the Grinnell School District that know Lisa, from ball games and teaching and and even those who may be older remember Lisa growing up in the Grinnell area so we'll kind of touch a little bit on that and from there we'll go and dig deep into what the fundraiser is so Lisa welcome to the podcast thanks for having me this I uh, hope you're not nervous we we won't dig in here too much to the the old days when you were a young little girl being precious in Grinnell of course but, perfect <laughs> First of all, what we'd like to dive into first is just tell us a little bit about who Lisa York is. Well, I grew up in Grinnell, uh, graduated and went to co-college for a year and a half. Decided that wasn't a good fit for me, so I transferred back to Grinnell College and I joined the basketball team um, at that time and it was a great experience for me. I was able to um, play on a team that went 20 and 4. Played with an All-American Missy Share, so awesome time, conference champs, so probably one, one of the highlights of my college career. One thing that was kind of unique about that was in high school you played six on six, correct? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And then to go to college and play true five on five? Yes, and that was a little bit of a challenge. Uh, any coach that coached me in college would say I refused to shoot the ball, so um, kind of seldom to see that these days, but I would always, um, I was a screen, I'd set screens and pass it out and 
Um, I had three-point shooters on my team, so I really didn't need to shoot the ball. So is that because you were playing the guard position in six-on-six? Six? Yes. So I was a defender all throughout high school in the six-on-six six game. And then usually we played a lot of junk defenses in college, like a triangle and two or a diamond and one. So I was usually that person. I was just responsible for defense. At that time, how long was college? Were they been playing five-on-five five a long time? Um, I think so. I'm trying to... I think so. My first coaching experience, I um, coached five on five the first year I went after I graduated college. So that was um, fun for me to go back and teach the girls how to play five on five, just like I had to yeah. learn. That's kind of cool. Was it an advantage to play six on six in high school, then transfer to five on five in college, or would you say it was a disadvantage, kind of? I would say it's probably a little bit of a disadvantage just because. Um, I never had to shoot the ball before right. and I was a little intimidated by it. I did spend the summer before going to college um, working on shooting, but you know, if you don't grow up doing that, it's a little bit of a task, but I took a lot of pride in playing defense and I always think that's the best part of the game and I still do, so um, it, it worked out well for me. When, when did Grinnell actually go to five on five? Would that have been like 96, 97? I, well, I graduated in 93 and I started coaching, I believe that following fall, it was the first year of five on five. I know um, Jamie Jewell, yep. back in the day, she was a junior and like Lynn Baker, Kristen Liebeck, Sarah Fitzgerald, I coached the sophomores that first year. Yeah, I know it was a pretty big change Growing up in South Tama, we had, so in 87, 88, and 89, Coach Sutton from Marshtown, they just went to five-on-five. Five, yes. And he was six-on-six. Six, I mean, incredible coach. And he says, I'm not going to coach it. And he transferred, and at the time, South Tama six-on-six six was struggling, terrible. <laughs> and they went from winning two games to 20-2 and two their first year, went to the uh, – they got third in state, yes. and then they went back to second year, and they got, they, I think they got third or fourth again, and then they went back a third year, and then that was it for South Tame. I think 92 or 93, might have been the same time. Yes. Everyone just kind of, that was it, a six on six, and you're done. And then you're done. And, and it, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting transition for kids. I remember my senior year coach, Mike Baker, um, joined Grinnell High School, <laughs> and we all looked at him like he was crazy because we had to run and we had to run a lot and we're like we're not playing five on five we're still six on six and so it, it was a fun time with that well i think you can ask your kids now mike baker still likes to let them run a little bit <laughs> <laughs> okay so i got us through college high school did you want to talk about your first job coming back after you got out of college so you knew you were going to school to be a teacher, or you wanted to be a teacher. Did Was it ever a thought that coming back to Grinnell to teach, was that always on your mind? Uh, not, actually not really. Uh, I had three interviews um, right out of college, and two of them were smaller towns than Grinnell, so I did choose to stay in Grinnell. I was already coaching basketball at the time, so I was already in the system and really enjoyed the kids that I was coaching. So I thought I'd just take the opportunity and start off here um, teaching transition and I guess never left after that. So school number one was where? School one was transition at Fairview Elementary and that um, transition at that time was after kindergarten. If the kids weren't quite ready for developmentally ready for first grade, then they went to transition. 
So they had a, basically a holdover year and yes. prepped them and made sure all the things were correct. Absolutely. And then, so you did that for a year? One year, and then that program ended. So then I moved to first grade because I was a larger class, and I went to Davis and taught first grade there. And then I hopped over to Bailey Park and taught second grade with an additional section over there. And then they started all day kindergarten, and that was probably my true passion and love was kindergarten, and I did that for 14 um, years. Which... Had. 2006 was when I was yes. there. That would have been what year of kindergarten teaching for you? I'm trying to remember how many years ago. Um, well, that you're making been, me do some math here. That's a tough question. <laughs> Ten years into it. Yes. So yeah. So yeah, in there, 2006. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So does Sounds it seem right. odd to have a kid sitting across from me interviewing that you taught as <laughs> a kindergarten? I know. Whole 13 years <laughs> 13 ago. 13 years ago. Just seems like yesterday. Well, yeah. Now, of all the classrooms that you've taught in. Did you ever sit in any of those classrooms as a young little girl? At Bailey Park, my second grade classroom, I believe was Miss Cokie's room back in the day when I sat there in third grade. And then I was fortunate enough in kindergarten to get a brand new room. So I think that was a little enticing to go to that area as well. Um, nice air conditioning and nice brand new room and new stuff. So that wasn't anything that I'd obviously been in. <laughs> Now, when you, let's see, so if you go back, Lori kind of tries to prep me on this, that everyone went to like kindergarten through fourth grade or fifth grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade in whatever school you grew up around. Yes, your neighborhood school. So you, was yours Bailey Park? Yes, mine was Bailey Park. I lived five houses down the street from Bailey Park, and I would, back in the day, walk home and make lunch, and then I would walk back to school. And <laughs> no, things have changed quite a bit. But every day well that's pretty cool yeah it was quite a, a great experience <laughs> now if uh, just you talked about coaching right out of college so I coached at South Tame out of college and how did some of the parents or kids that you may have been just you know some of them may have been freshmen when you graduated and now they're seniors how did you work with those kids did they give you a hard time or did they give you the respect as a new coach. Yeah. Most part, um, I felt like they were very respectful. I sometimes think um, young coaches, sometimes kids think, wow, they're really cool coming in. Or maybe that was just my perception. Um, as a coach going to other schools, I just remember going to Davis County and I'm standing there and the referee kept walking by and he's like, where's your coach? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm the coach. And so I was so offended. But now if somebody would ask that, I would probably give him a hug. So. <laughs> I had that same experience. We went to Vinton for yes. football because I was a sophomore football coach two years after I got out of school. And the ref was walking up and down, and he looked at me and goes, don't I know you? I said, oh, I don't know. Why? He goes, weren't you playing just a couple years ago? I go, yes, I was. And he just looked at me and goes, Oh, I tell you what, he said, I'm getting too old for this. And he walked away. <laughs> but it was just kind of funny that everywhere you went, it was something like they just kind of look at you. They won't yes. point your finger, but they'd say, yeah, something's not right there. But. Yes, exactly. And sometimes they'd be like, I thought I saw you in Darby Gym, you know, last yeah. winter. And I'm like, yep, that was me. And Especially if you're, you know, it seems to be more relevant if you're on the basketball floor where yes. they could see you. Absolutely. You know, playing football, they just kind of, they knew the name and yes. things like that. 
Okay, so we got through Canyon Garden. We you went back to Bailey Park for a little bit, not uh, Davis. Davis to teach third grade third for grade. four years, and then after that, you had a uh, an opportunity. We should say, is that when you? Yes. That's when I decided to um, apply for the an instructional coaching job. Uh, I felt like I was more qualified at the K-2 level since most of my experience was at the K-2 level. So I put in for that position at Bailey Park. And, and, and what is, I know at that time, Grinnell School District, every school it seemed like had one. And then maybe yes. the high school had two depending on what area they were in. But what does an instructional coach supposed to do? Well, we have an instructional coach at each of our buildings. So we have one at the high school, one at the middle school, and each of the elementaries have one coach. So the K-2 buildings are pretty fortunate because we don't have as many teachers to work with. So we're able to probably support them a little better than, um, or be able to reach out more often than the high school and the middle school. Shelly, Melissa, and even April, all, and Stacy, everyone does a great job working with all the teachers. It may just look a little different at each building. So my job is many different things. I help support teachers if they need help and maybe enrichment activities. This year in particular, I worked with first grade on a lot of enrichment for in the area of math. And then I also helped first grade and kindergarten and title in the area of reading. So maybe they needed some different strategies or how to group kids and different things. So I was able to help with that as well. Does, so everyone talked about collaboration. Is yes. that some of, I mean, are you supposed to be the person that kind of helps bind or bring the teachers together so they all are, I don't want to say on the same page, but are thinking the same way? Yes. So we have um, PLCs um, twice a week or twice a cycle, I should say, where like the first grade team meets and we talk about students. We talk about um, what they need, um, if they have you know, anything they need to work on, what they're doing well, how can we, um, you know, enrich them, or wow, this child's struggling, what can we do to help them um, achieve, because that's obviously our goal. And then all the teachers kind of brainstorm and try to figure out um, the best solution. Now, with all the years of teaching, does it take you away from teaching kids, or do you still get to teach them? I get to dabble in that a little bit, fortunately, which I, I do enjoy. I can model teach, or sometimes I'll, I'll run a small group um, if needed. So I, I do enjoy that. I, I'll admit, especially when it comes to reading, I love to teach kids how to read because I think it's such an important um, thing that everybody needs to be able to do. So uh, it's one of my favorite things. Where, where do you get all the ideas? I mean, is, is there, do you guys, as a group of all the instructional coaches, do you go to conferences together to help? I mean, or do you just go to bed and start dreaming about how this is all gonna, would I come to, come to work with an idea? Exactly, well, I feel like my little, uh, little hamster is always running around my, my head with different ideas, but uh, the five of us work very well together, and if um, one of the five of us have an idea, then it's either we'll text message or maybe shoot an email to somebody or just share ideas. We do go to a lot of conferences together, so we all have the um, coaching background together so we all are doing the same thing you know at the buildings and using the same language and so that's always helpful and I, lo I love to take classes um, I'm continuing I've got my masters and then now working on my tag endorsement and with the other K K4 
instructional coaches, so we're working on that. So what is a TAG endorsement? TAG is for ELP, so for more enrichment activities. So um, we are just finishing that up next year, and we'll do our practicum and try to get that accomplished. And then we also, um, the elementary coaches decided to get their instructional coach endorsement, even though the state of Iowa doesn't really recognize it as a teaching, on your teaching license, but we felt that we still wanted to give that a try and so learn some more. When you say you, the five you go, like Shelly's up here in high school. Yes. Is it, and you're down here on kindergarten through second grade, is it the core concepts that you guys just have to decipher to apply all the way across the grade yeah. levels? A lot of the things we go to, well, it's interesting, you, meet, you mentioned um, South Tama. Mm-hmm. We go there, and I think it's Seth, Seth Cook. Yep. He, he's a, an instructional coach at Tama. So maybe he's talking about something that he's having difficulty with. And so then we maybe share our ideas like, well, this is how we do this. Or so we just bounce ideas off each other. So it's just been great. Um, We went to a reflective coaching about how to be reflective. And that can be if you're in kindergarten or if you're 99 years old, I think it's always important to sit and reflect about how did that go? Could I have done better? And how can you change things? We all learned something tonight. (laughs) So now that we know a little bit about you, let's talk about the therapy dog a little bit. Um, So talk a little bit about the fundraiser, uh, the Bailey Park fundraiser for the therapy dog and the idea of how the therapy dog came to be. I know we've had some throughout school just a little bit, but what came to be about this one? Uh, Okay. I did what I was able to... um, visit the therapy dog at the middle school. Paula Simon uh, brings her dog Ash to school, I think about three days a week. I I don't think it's every day because it's very exhausting for the Mm. dog to do that. And I had asked her, I was kind of um, working with some students and a teacher on um, some issues at school, school and I asked her if she would bring the dog over and she did. And just to see the smile on their face and just, you know, the anxiety, like they weren't stressed and I just saw the positive impact just that 30-minute visit made, and I thought, you know, this would be a great thing maybe at the elementary level to try at the K-2 level. Well, I know that, Blake, you had experience with the one that was at the high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And many times he would come home and he said, you know, it would just be in the senior lounge or be, you know, come up and sit beside you. And he said, you'd be studying, and he'd just push his head against you, and it'd just make you stop what you're doing and think, oh, this is a nice dog, and, and take your mind completely off what you were yeah, stressing about. Not even if you're stressed at all. I right, mean, it's exactly. just the dog. It just puts it, a smile yeah, on your face. Yeah, I mean, you know, people, you see it just sits in the hallway. The quietest people will literally see it and still pet it. Yes. You know, it's, it's incredible how it works. I mean, I think it's very useful. I agree. I think it's just a... Another, you know, team member to add to the staff and, you know, treat like one of our people there. And if, you know, if every child at the school could walk in and say hello to the dog, then I think that would start their day off great. So if we we talked a little bit about the fundraiser that's going to be going on at Fairway on Tuesday for lunch, what is what's the goal of the fundraiser? What's it what's it going to do for this dog? Okay, So we're looking for funding to help support a therapy dog at school. I have um, submitted some grants and received some money to, um, to help pay for the insurance or especially the training for the dog. Uh, it's very expensive depending which route you want to go to train the dog and what maybe fits best for the dog if it would be you know myself taking it or if it's to send it to school somewhere. 
is after like after you get the training done and say if there's any certifications or just the the living expense of it beyond that is there additional cost for the dog i mean I guess upkeep of going yeah, to the just, veterinarian yeah, every just year. Yeah, the veterinarian and, you know, obviously feeding it and things like that. But otherwise, nope, it's just mainly um, to have the training so that the dog can get certified. Is the training, like, just household training or is there a certain type of training for these it's, to be there's around a, kids? Yep, a certain type of training what that, does they that have kind of to, um, they have to be able to pass certain tests. Mm -hmm. And basically, they, you take your dog in there is my understanding and then someone will evaluate and I know the dog will have to sit there and the owner will have to leave the room. Mm -hmm. um, other dogs will have to be around, I mm -hmm. believe. And so it's it's kind of a tough thing for yeah. dogs and some dogs, obviously it's a little more of a challenge right, for right. them to do. So hopefully we can get um, this dog started off right away and not form any bad habits. <laughs> so right now you said before we started that you already have the dog. Yes, and I have it's the dog. eight weeks old. Yep. Does it have a name? Yes, um, I said I decided since it was working at um, Bailey Park School to call her Bailey. That's After a very great name. <laughs> great name, so, right there. Right there. <laughs> um, so if it's eight weeks old, what is a goal that they say they want to start training? I mean, do you do they recommend that you just start like personal obedience classes first, yes. and then go through and graduate to wherever it needs to go? Yep, I've talked to a trainer. Um, Mind Your Manners is where that she's in charge of, and she's coming actually to Grinnell next Saturday. She happens to be in town working with another dog, and so we're going to start with a private lesson and see. And I'm going to take her recommendation and what she thinks Bailey needs, and maybe do some private lessons. But she also said how important it is to do the group lessons, so they're around other dogs as well. And then she also offers, you know, in-home training where they work with the dog every day. And what kind of dog is Bailey? Bailey is a Golden Doodle. And you said it's going to be, it's a miniature. It's so a miniature. So it's a smaller one. Yes. Uh, let's see. She looks a little bit like Chewbacca now. I almost wanted to call her <laughs> Chewy because that's what she looks like. I have fell in love with some of the pictures on your fundraiser page already. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what about the fundraiser? So that's on Tuesday. Yes. And it's at? It's at Fairway. So, um approached Fairway to see if we could do a grill out there and so we'll have pork loin and hot dogs there for um, people and it's just a free will donation and there'll be chips and water also um, there'll be some baked goods from some PTO members wanted to bring some baked goods so there'll be that um, we might do pictures with Bailey I'm not quite sure yet <laughs> but if people want their picture with her and different things but she will be there for the two hours so for at eight weeks is she getting along with people already? I oh, mean, yes. have you had her out and about? I have, yes, I've had her. I took her to Brady's tournament on Saturday and she got loved by more baseball teams than you can imagine. They all <laughs> they all had a different name for her though and they all called her a different name. So they're like, I think you should name her Taco. And I said, well, no, <laughs> but thanks. But the kids were great and ever, it was interesting just to see the kids that were like, may I pet your dog? Which. Kind of surprised me. Yeah. I just assumed people would just come right jump, up and jump on. And yes, but they make didn't. Go they, crazy. they were all laying on the ground petting her. So, what do you think is going to be the long-term effect once, if it all works out, and this dog goes through Bailey Park? What's the long-term effect that you think will happen when it comes to you know being with the kids and such? Do you think the you know the culture around the school might 
get I a do. little bit better? I think um, right now, focus at school is kind of culture, climate sometimes, and relationships. And I know um, Brandon mentioned sometimes, you know, um, you know, sometimes different anxiety and different with kids at what, when he's working. And so I think just having, you know, a number, another member there to um, try to solve problems or if they just have a comfort feeling around right. the dog. Yeah. Well, I know that there's been plenty of studies already done for like autism. So yes, kids absolutely. that have autism from the very smallest amount up to severe that when you bring a dog into the room, it's just a calming effect on them. And even if the dog gets a little bit hyper itself, they just think that's amusing yes. and it calms them back down and takes their mind off of whatever worries that they have. So, I mean, I can imagine all the way across the board, it, it has effects and plenty of studies yes. done all different directions. Absolutely, so. and I know they've done a little bit on literacy as well. So my goal is to start like Bailey's blog and so that kids, I know they're kindergarten through second and when I taught third grade, um, I used kid blog and kids loved it. They were able to just get on there and comment each other. So I'm hoping to kind of track her adventures. What started last <laughs> week, I've been taking pictures and different things about what she likes to do and then you know maybe around Halloween time it's like oh what costume do you want her to yeah. wear or you know books with Bailey you know as a reward for kids that they get to come read with Bailey or you know breakfast well, with Bailey I mean there's yeah. just so many different things that you could offer well and with the activities that the the PTO has going yes. on with Bailey Park and I guess now it's combined with yes. Fairview uh, yep. instead of having it used to be the the Bailey Park, Park. Jamboree, Jamboree and stuff yes. like that and combined yep. with uh, Sarah over at the Fair, Fairview School. Yep. So I think there's opportunities to bring and showcase Bailey out there. Yes. Um, one last thing. If uh, we are going to be doing one of our last baseball games tomorrow night, so we're going to be up in the press box. If, if you would want to bring yourself and have Bailey out tomorrow night, we would put Bailey on the camera and let everyone get a sneak peek of what she looks like, and we'll give you a little bit of airtime that you could get a plug for her and okay. have people see what's going on and it's kind of amazing that what people see we yes. could talk about it this this podcast <laughs> is going to come out monday afternoon and we average anywhere from 25 to 35 downloads but if they can actually see a picture they actually go nuts and say oh that's a cute dog and we're going to come out and support it so okay. we'll definitely be there i know yes, Lori said that was on our calendar to come and and eat, so Great. we're going to eat. Um, Blake, I know you're going to be there eating because you like pork loin sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. I, yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, I think the school, it, it's better with a dog. I feel like a dog really ups, uplifts uh, people. And I just think having something, you know, to that knows that cares about you, you know, the dog cares about things. While we were talking, I, I think back kindergarten I think it was you that did it um, every student I think it was like every night was it you that sent home something with the student it was like a stuffed animal yes. or something yeah. and like yeah and we it was kind of like a thing that we took care of it and it yes. we it cared about us and everything else I keep thinking back to that and that it seems like all through your life you've always had that thing to always help a child's life be better and like I said, I love, I love what I do, and at the end of the day, no matter how bad your day is, that dog's going to love you yeah. when you come home, right. no matter what, and right. you know, no matter what that life's like for a child coming to school, whether you know, maybe they missed breakfast or they overslept, 
you know, that, that dog would be there to, mm -hmm. you know, smile at them or make them feel better. Mm -hmm. I hope that's my goal. Well, I guarantee you there's a, a bunch of kids that are coming to Bailey Park that, or maybe kids are not going to Bailey Park, wish they're going to be at Bailey Park next year. <laughs> Bailey Park's attendance might grow a little bit. I know. Well, hopefully um, we'll pilot it and see how it goes. And that's what one of the grants I did right. I said um, if they would fund it, that I will pilot it and research and see how it goes at the K-2 level and then definitely offer my support to other schools if they would like to do that. And Grinnell College did um, give a grant to help support it too. So that's cool. very thankful for them. Yeah, the Grinnell College is always good too. Absolutely. Helping out back yeah. and across. So that, that partnership's always been really nice over the years. So, well, if uh, I don't have any more questions, but we are more than glad that you took the time out of your afternoon. Busy, busy baseball, baseball day. Baseball season, absolutely. <laughs> we, we worked it in the schedule of our basketball afternoon and That's your right. baseball <laughs> afternoon. So we were able to get this fit in, but. We appreciate you coming in. Is there anything that you'd like to share about the therapy dog before we leave? Um, just hopefully um, everyone gets a chance to come out on Tuesday between 11 and 1 at Fairway to meet her. Um, she is really cute and has a lot of spunk, so she's getting a little more uh, advantageous, if you say. I mean, <laughs> a little adventurous, a little, little on the crazy side sometimes. So hopefully... Um, She'll have a good day there. Well, that's great. We're, we're glad you came in and spent the afternoon or 25 minutes with us. But <laughs> thank you again, and we'll look forward to seeing you maybe tomorrow night. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All righty. So once again, thank you to Miss York for coming in and talking to us. Uh, really good interview and what we got from her. I think uh, she's pretty excited about this dog coming in, Bailey, and uh, I think we're all pretty excited to see what's to come of it. Yeah, you know, you you yourself as a senior in high school, I actually it was your junior, sophomore, junior year when you had a therapy dog yeah, there. Yeah. You were able to experience having a dog in place, and you know, the more you read about it, you see television programs on them and how they benefit kids. I think it's really cool that that investment could be made in it and you know on the flip side it was just nice to sit down visit with lisa talk a little bit about her career what she's done in the school district and what she's currently doing as an instructional coach so i think our, our listeners out there you know may see her walking down the street and stop and say i didn't realize you'd done all those mm -hmm, things right. and, and you know that's that's a little bit of this podcast too is it's not so much to focus on just sports or activities is there's a lot of great things going on here at Grinnell uh, Community Schools, and we just want to share that with everybody, and, and it's all positive, and that's what, that's what we're about. We're about being positive. So, We'll look ahead on a positive week, hopefully upcoming for Grinnell. On Monday, July 1st, the boys' baseball team and girls' softball team will be here at Grinnell High School at Fowler Field and the softball field taking on the Norwalk Warriors. And uh, we'll be out there for the boys' game on Monday night, so catch that on our YouTube channel. Tuesday night, nothing going on on July 2nd. On July 3rd, there is a boys baseball doubleheader and a softball doubleheader, both at Pella High School. So I, I don't think they'll have fireworks going near the 4th of July, but we'll try to make our broadcast a little 4th of July themed as we go on. Uh, on Thursday, the 4th of July, there is nothing going on except if you're a volleyball player, there's open gym in the morning. But other than that, there's no games going on. On Friday, July 5th, there is a boys baseball ninth grade doubleheader against Oskaloosa at Fowler Field on a Friday morning, 10 o'clock. I don't know when's the last time they've had a game here 
uh, in the morning. So well, I think a lot of the ninth grade and some of the JV doubleheaders that aren't associated with varsity, they do that just you know so they don't interfere. And it allows some of the ninth graders that could possibly play mm-hmm. be up on the varsity. They can play also, so gives them a break. On Saturday at 9 a.m., there's a softball tournament here at Grinnell High School between Colfax, Mingo, East Marshall, Linville, Sully, and Grinnell. Uh, Tiger Sports Livestream Network will also be there doing both games that Grinnell's in. Um, so that's all for this week. Because of the 4th of July holiday, there's not much really going on. Uh, we're going to be camping all weekend, but we'll also be out here at the ballpark uh, doing some broadcasting. And it is supposed to cool down a little bit after this scorching weekend and everything else. So really looking forward to another week uh, ahead, and we look forward to uh, you know keep going on the broadcast so far. Um, we've been in talks with some other guests to possibly come on. Uh, I got word from Coach Jim Dunn. Uh, we asked him if he would want to come on. And he said he'd love to, so we'll try to set up a time and possibly next week or sometime around there. So look out for uh, Coach Dunn to be in. And if you have any other suggestions, if you're listening, um, if you have any suggestions of people that might want to come on, just hit us up on on our uh, Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, Dad, would you like to take us out on this good week? Yeah, let's, uh, let's end on a, a positive note of, of, of something that's not so positive, but I'll tell you, for everyone who is joining in on our Facebook page that we created for our live stream, <laughs> I will say that we uh, disappointedly got banned from Facebook because they didn't like our uh, our billboards that we put across the bottom and what have you. So we are strictly back to YouTube. Uh, we are pretty much going to stay on YouTube from now on, but it, we do have a Facebook group page, so all of our games will be posted on there. You can follow us there. Follow us on our Tigers Live underscore Twitter account, which is just growing day by day. We, we're totally thankful for all your support for following us. And then you can also follow us right on our, our website, which is probably the most information that you could get because it has the current live, live game that we're streaming. Plus, if you look on the website, there's tabs all the way down the side. You could click on boys baseball. You could click on girls softball, even old basketball football games. We archive all the shortcuts right there so you don't have to go to the YouTube uh, web page right. and look for them. Everything's short, sweet. If you know what date you played, click on it, and it'll bring it right up. And for those who had concerns about if you had brownouts or slow returns on your YouTube feed, all those games that are on there are 100% archived at full video. So we upload everything that we do right after if we have any bad streams so the full quality is there uh, we've even had the ability to make some quick cuts yeah like from yeah. jake hall's home run uh and you know just a, a little teaser for you for the softball and baseball fans everything that we've recorded we are going to make little hot shot videos at the end of the season so you'll have all memories of all the great positive things that gone on through baseball and softball season too so with that being said Thank you for joining in to podcast number 11. Our downloads are growing by the day. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google Play. We are now on iHeartRadio Podcast. Anywhere where podcasts are. Anywhere you can get a podcast or go right to our website and listen to it live at tigersslsn.com. So I'm Dan Walker. Along with Blake Walker. And thank you to Lisa York for stopping in this week. On the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast, everyone have a good week and go Tigers.